Good morning. You've got more than money. We wish that for you every Saturday morning, especially this Saturday morning. May the good Lord be with you down every snow-covered road or water-covered road, <laughs> slick roads, back roads, driveways, and parking lots. Uh, it is an interesting morning out there. I hope that you are very, very safe, and I would actually pray, stay right where you are. Stay wherever you are, safe and sound and off the streets. I think if you give it another couple of hours, almost everything will be back to pretty much normal. But right this moment, and when I came in a little after 5.30, Route 33 was a mess, not good. And uh, my most recent uh, on the uh, on the road uh, spotter, um, an employee that I, uh, I, I, I put out there for just that reason, kind of like Craig Stevens with the, uh, what the heck do they call that? The mobile spotter, whatever. Uh, she reports that 33 is in very good shape. 22 is in very good shape. The off ramps onto MacArthur Road were good. MacArthur Road was good. But be careful. So welcome to More Than Money. We welcome you. Alyssa Young, John Elliott, Gene Dickinson, all here to serve you this morning. We are, without a doubt, the most relevant financial show on radio today because you make us so. You are the folks who set the agenda. You ask us the questions that are most relevant to you and how much more relevant can a financial show be than to do exactly that. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you will be part of our show this morning. And let's be honest, look out the window. What else have you got that's better to do? Come on, get some good information, <laughs> zip it up. Uh, from uh, 67 stories up here, the trees are, boy, they must be really tall trees. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the trees are snow-covered. The lines are snow-covered. Please be careful. Um, all, she's already hard at work. I, I'm, I'm reporting to my husband that I took his car <laughs> <laughs> and I made it safely. <laughs> Sadly, he had already dialed 911. <laughs> my car has been stolen. Wait a second. My wife's car is here, and she's not. <laughs> I always prefer to drive my own car because I'm more comfortable and I can downshift to slow down. But I knew I would have difficulty getting out of my driveway in my little car, so I stole his car. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> is that a chargeable offense? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, think I don't so. know all the legalities <laughs> of that. But then again, legalities don't really mean anything anymore as we're learning from the Donald Trump experience. <laughs> If you, <laughs> the Donald Trump experience, like all capitals. That, that's what. DTE. Uh, <laughs> years from now, they will have a, a theme park and you can do the Donald Trump experience. If you go to the left, you can be sued by the. Uh, it's the, like a haunted mansion. It, well, without a doubt. <laughs> well said. That's, it's purgatory. It's mm, nightmares. Criminal it's, charges to your left, civil charges to your right. <laughs> Pick your poison. A campaign straight ahead. <laughs> uh, wow, look at you. We should record this. We might this. have something oh, here. Wait a second, we are recording this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll turn this over to the boys in the office. They'll turn it into a uh, screenplay, and uh, we'll have a movie. <laughs> Donald Trump, The Experience. <laughs> you can't make this crap up. You really can't. Uh, it is, uh, forgive me for a moment, as I mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> veer off the trail into the DTE, um, goodness, um, a judge that announced before the trial started, you're guilty. 
What? Oh my God. I thought I thought that's what the trial was for. Not <laughs> not in my courtroom, sir. An attorney general who campaigned campaigned on 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 her commitment to I will get Donald Trump no matter what it takes. Did did you want to do like any of the other attorney general stuff? <laughs> Anything else? And gloating yesterday, and of course down in Atlanta, the uh, DA down there. Uh, Campaigned. Apparently, the prior DA had a uh, illicit affair, and her campaign was, well, at least the people of Fulton County will have a DA who won't be sleeping with her employees. Whoopsie. <laughs> it's <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> McFly. <laughs> You're sleeping. Oh. She uh, she says he's not an employee. He's he's an agent. <laughs> Oh, and that's okay. Hey, we all have role plays. You know, oh it's like, ooh, he's a super agent. Ooh, he might Secret be. Secret agent, man. He's a spy. Oh, my goodness. We're going to hide things in. All right, never mind. So moving right along, welcome uh, to More Than Money. If you are a loyal listener, then you already know that that kind of divergence happens. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, my apologies. We'll get right to the important stuff here momentarily. And the important stuff. Every single Saturday morning is you. That's the important stuff. So if you would like to be the important stuff by phone, 833-707-7900. He said very confidently. I hope that was right. Uh, 833-707-7900, toll free from wherever you're listening this morning. You can be on the West Coast. You can be deep south. You can be up and down the eastern seaboard. You can be the upper Midwest you can be anywhere as long as you have internet access. Uh, you can hear the show and you can connect to the show as well, toll free, 833-707-7900. You can send us emails, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. And uh, she also, by the way, provides uh, road condition updates mm -hmm. and uh, stolen car reports. Mm -hmm. So if you need any of that, <laughs> A-L-Y-S-S-A, Gene, uh, G-E-N-E, -E at askmtm.com. And if you'd like to share our show or if you'd like to simply get a very clear signal wherever you are, in my house, when I'm working out the um, the radio signal, the over-the-air signal in the in the gym, dreadful. Mm. So I kick it on iHeart. It's beautiful. It's a beauteous thing. Modern technology sometimes actually works. Um, AI, I'm not so sure. I don't think we have enough I. So forget the AI part. How about a little bit of I, especially Washington, D.C. You would think D.C. They they know initials. They they should be into AI or I or SOB or something. There's there's a lot of initials there. So morethanmoneyonline.com. You go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the listen live button. Magically appears. It's magic. Magically delicious. Mm, I love uh, Lucky Charms. Ah, me lucky charms. It's the punchline to a very old joke. But anyway, um, morethanmoneyonline.com. Listen live. Hit the li listen live button. And if you have a question, you can hit the Ask Gene button. Works beautifully. And uh, we are happy to serve you this morning. How were the roads when you came in, sir? They were doable. It yeah. was... Well, and going up MacArthur Road, it was kind of slushy, but mm. 22 wasn't too bad. And you were here at O'Dark 30. Yeah, I got here. I left home at quarter after four. Oof. Oof. 
It's a man that's committed. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, should, should be, be committed. committed. Yeah, Thank should you. be committed. Okay, very good. Thank you. Uh, that was an impromptu road report <laughs> and brought to you by Alyssa Young's Road Report. <laughs> Is your car stolen? You call Alyssa Young. <laughs> she might have it. Yeah, for, forget that 9-11 crap. Just call Uh 833-707-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Um, more than money online. Uh, dot com snow everywhere. Uh, Gunther was reporting to us just on the uh, on the, the handoff um, that the um, what snowfall in Makunji and Emmaus was over a foot. Yeah. So we're looking at here. It's probably four inches, maybe five. My house further north, uh, Joe Lundberg, he's a great guy. I have nothing bad to say about Joe. I love Joe. I love listening to his reports. He's a good guy. Um, if um, if he had been correct, I should have gotten about uh, dusting to an inch. And so the four inches that I've got is overkill. And that was before I left at, yeah, I, I didn't leave at 4.15. I left about 5.30, 530, 5.35. It was poof. So... Uh, lots of snow. Be very, very cautious. Actually, looking out now, it's really beautiful. The trees look so pretty. Really, really beautiful. So, and that is the sky behind it as dark as I. Yeah, I I noticed on the way here the sky that was dark and just a strange shade of gray. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, yeah, it is. It's very gray, like dark gray. Wasn't there a a rock song, in deeper shades of gray? Mm, there you go. That's what I'm the sorry? sky is. Touch of gray, mm. yeah. <laughs> which um, today you'd be arrested for. Anyway, uh, Super Bowl, did you win any money on the Super Bowl? I didn't bet any money. Okay. Did you win any money on Juliana getting confirmed last Sunday? I also didn't bet on that. I you, could have because I knew she would. <laughs> actually, it cost you money. I had to take everybody out to lunch. That's right. <laughs> um, goodness. Uh, we were, okay, look at me. Uh, <clears throat> Speaking on behalf of the family, <laughs> please. Um, uh, I was personally, and I know Dan, Diane was as well, so um, happy to be there and to be uh, allowed to. We actually sat with the family. They didn't throw us out of the pew. That was nice. Oh, my gosh. Very, very nice. I mean, there were some sharp elbows, but please, <laughs> they, all right, we gave them room. Everybody's so proud, and rightfully so. What a wonderful young woman Thank she you. has become. Thank you. I'm proud of her. She's a good good kid. Um, you got two of them. Yeah, and so. my boy is home for the weekend. You can't tell because technically, <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, it's called radio, so you can't <laughs> see. But uh, Alyssa just pulled a face muscle. <laughs> she had a smile that was so wide it wrapped around the back of her head. Oh, my and, gosh. And uh, she's got now that twitch there. <laughs> it's kind of either that or she had a stroke, one or the other. Um, okay, so we're uh, uh, anything else we need for housekeeping duties? Mm, probably should mention tax season. Go ahead. Th- just things are things are picking up um, at the office already with people uh, dropping off tax information, already picking up completed tax mm-hmm. returns. So um, I would encourage a couple of things on behalf of the team. Schwab tonight. Yep. So that's one of those things. Very good. Um, the Schwab 
1099s for your brokerage accounts are now available. Uh, they became available during the past week. So they were like the, probably the last piece of the puzzle for most of you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been waiting for that information, that's going to report your taxable dividends, interest, capital gains on those taxable accounts. So Do they, do they have to wait for them to be, come in the mail? Um, no, mm-hmm. if, especially not if you're an MTM client. Um, we can access them from Schwab so you don't need to receive the paper and and, and submit it. Uh, we have um, that information. So if you're just waiting to bring the rest of your stuff that you need to provide, um, now's a good time because we can get the rest of that data directly from Charles Schwab. So that's uh, one important update. And um, yeah, just encouraging people to start getting their stuff mm. together and dropped off. Yeah, get your stuff together. <laughs> um, also mm. thanking everyone for their patience as things get busy. So the team's already been hustling around with the phones and people coming in and um, doing a great job of taking care of everybody. Um, personally, and I don't I don't want to speak for my fellow advisors, but you might ask your advisor this if it interests you. If you're planning to come to the office to bring tax stuff or pick up tax stuff and you're due for a quarterly review, um, certainly reach out if your advisor hasn't already. Uh, to you could coordinate those things so make it a two for one deal and while you're in the office um, to get your taxes you can have your meeting so th- just keep that in mind if that helps you save a trip save some time two for one deal yeah nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I like that yeah. Uh, yeah lots going on and as we do every year on air uh, because we rely on our tax team for our uh, uh, authoritative answers as opposed to Alyssa and I just making stuff up, which that happens on occasion. Um, we are turning off our uh, online and uh, email and on-air access to the tax questions right? Um, because this is a time, and I think everybody understands, and, and if you don't, tough for you. Suck it up, buttercup. Um, I think everybody understands that uh, our allegiance, our loyalty, our efforts have to be directed to our clients. Mm. So if you're a financial advisory client, if you're a tax client, uh, these are the folks that we're serving. And it gets really busy. So um, whether it's uh, Diane, if that is her real name, Sue, that definitely is her real name. Sweet Stephanie. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> Rachel. The whole crew. The tax crew. Yeah, we're we're <clears throat> we're not going to annoy them. Cause she could punch me. <laughs> Especially if I was sleeping. She could just punch uh-huh. me hard. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. So we don't want to do that. So um, if you uh, if you have questions, uh, I'm sure you have tax professionals and, and and the magic rectangle, you can Google search and all that other kind of good stuff. So uh, until April seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. We'll put that on hold. Uh, one of my clients sent, sent a question this week saying, I have what I think is a simple tax question. And his wife, um, she she's a, a nurse that had a couple of different like contracts during the year. So she had a couple of different W-2s. And he pointed out that he was looking at one. He does their own taxes because they're very simple, but he's an investment client of ours. And he noticed that the uh, local and state wages didn't match on one of the W-2s. And he's like, this is weird. They do on all the other ones. What should I do? So I sent that question to our tax team. And Sue said, should I call him? And I said, I'm sure he'd be very grateful. And Sue called him and talked through it with him, gave him the answer, and I got this very nice um, email back from my client that said, 
I appreciate that I could get an answer to this so quickly, even though I'm not a tax client of MTM. So he was very grateful for for her help. Um, and, and, you know, she's busy and she took the time to answer a question for him. And the team is just very they're 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 great. Very remarkable. Yeah, so great resources for our clients. So if you haven't already become one, maybe you want to be <laughs> because you have access to um, some really good information. That is unbeknownst to you, unconsciously by you. No, I'm not saying that your brain is dysfunctional. I'm just saying that without your own personal knowledge, an amazing segue to our first question. Hmm. Amazing. You you will see why here as soon as you hear the question. Great. A gentleman writes, everyone recommends that I have a financial advisor, but my question is what should I expect? And why am I paying for an advisor when all I get is allocating assets and formulating a plan? I already know where I stand on my finances. We are retired. We no longer contribute to our IRAs, so there will be no buying or selling. (laughs) We have two rentals and would like some advice on what would be the best strategy to minimize our taxes and or best manage the money. But I'm confused about what it is that advisors do for me. (laughs) My advisor said we can reach out any time, but I'm not sure what to ask about what they can or should be able to do. I feel like I'm paying for nothing. Then you have the wrong advisor. (laughs) (laughs) It's as simple as that. Do you see how appropriate the segue is? Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, I feel sorry for this person. (laughs) Well, uh, well, without a doubt, yes. Um, Financial advisors come in many flavors. And if this financial advisor, as so many are, are not really financial advisors, they're just, quote unquote, investment advisors. Mm -hmm. Answer some questions so I can tell you where to invest your money. Okay. That's not a financial advisor. That, that, that's a stock jockey. That's a, that, that, that is a very limited, uh, it's kind of like saying I, I need a good personal physician and what you choose is an optometrist. Right. Very limited. It's one piece. Your eyes are fine. But, but if my eyes are fine, why am I paying you? I, you're not going to tell me anything about my. You, you might my, have a heart problem. My liver, or a, yeah, or or right, yeah, right, right. Because I'm going to tell uh, you, enough bourbon cream and my liver is cooked. I'm just saying. So, uh, uh, yes, this individual has the wrong financial advisor. That's pretty clear. Yep. How about an advisor that says to their clients, "Hey, if you ever need anything, call me." <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, not a real great situation. Uh, Contrast w- that, by the way, with how that works in yes, the world headquarters. I'd be happy to because I had had this conversation a couple of times in the past week when sitting down with people who are interested in becoming MTM clients, and I explained to them what our service model is. I have actually said more than once this week that managing the portfolio is just one piece of what we offer. Um, As far as that communication goes, what I tell them is you will hear from me at least every quarter. And every 90 days I'm reaching out to you to invite you, encourage you to schedule a meeting to review things. And I always say too that yes, during that quarterly review, we review your portfolio performance and where things stand changes that have been made, et cetera. But even more importantly is the other stuff we talk about. Changes in your life, changes in your goals, questions on your mind. 
uh, other strategies. There's a lot of people I start to work with where we, when we first meet, we're like, oh, yeah, we need to do that. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. Oh, that's something else that's been on my mind. So I say to them, we have lots of time to talk. Mm. We don't have to answer all those questions overnight. But then mm. my job is I reach out to you proactively, say it's time for us to talk, and I kind of have our agenda. We prioritize these things we need to talk about and figure out, and we can spend our time discussing them, reviewing them. And I always say I enjoy most that strategy component of what I can do for people, even less than the buying and selling investments. Like, yeah, that's important. Mm. But I get a lot more joy out of helping people, you know, figure out a plan for saving for something specific or uh, saving taxes or, you know, all these other Protecting things. Protecting their families. Yes. Like taking um, their social pro- security. Providing, when it makes for sense. Their, providing for their children. Yes. Creating a legacy. Having a charitable impact. Yeah. The, the list is kind of on and on and on. Yeah. Um, the... If, if we had to be pigeonholed into what question do you answer most, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be pigeonholed because every single client comes with a different set of goals and a different set of priorities. Mm-hmm. I have had clients turn to me and say, I'm going to spend every dime. I educated my kids. I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're in good shape. I don't, I don't intend to leave a penny. <laughs> and then I've had clients... Equally wonderful clients mm-hmm. say, I really don't want to spend that because I really want to leave it for the kids and forget the kids, my grandkids, mm-hmm. the kids are pain in the ass, but the <laughs> grandkids are wonderful. So can we make sure that there's a lot of money left? I even have one client, very successful, great guy, great family. I'm so blessed to be able to serve both he and his wife and the kids um, and now grandkids. Um his heart of hearts, I want to leave a million dollars to each of my kids. Wow. What a beautiful, <laughs> clear, if it's at all possible. And when we were able, talk about strategy, when we were able to use the appropriate strategy, the appropriate products, the appropriate technique to do it, you want to talk about a happy human being. Yeah. <laughs> so this gentleman has the wrong advisor. Uh-huh. There's no question about that. By the way, one thing that jumped out at me, and, and, and I've, I've got to make note where he says, we are retired, so we will no longer be making contributions <laughs> to our IRAs. So there will be no buying or selling. Yeah. <clears throat> what? What, um, you clearly or your advisor has been dreadfully bad at explaining to you how managing a financial portfolio actually works. Uh-huh. If we have four portfolio reviews a year with our clients, I, in, in my particular practice, I'm sure the other advisors have their own ways of doing things. Um, three out of four times I'm making adjustments. Yes. I was three just, out I, of four. I, that's the number I was going to say yeah. as you were introducing that. Yep. It's sure. the occasion where you go, eh, everything looks good. I'm not going to move anything. Uh-huh. Three out of four. I'm going to, I want to tweak this. Hey, now that you've told me that I want to make sure we do that. Hey, yep. we've got some, I, Hey, I need this income coming in, but I'd like the rest of this invested and available in case I need to buy this. Yep. Yeah. Little, even That's if it's a simple rebalancing, you're oh, making yes. at least, like you said, a tweak, at least. Indeed. Which is why tightrope walkers are such good financial advisors, because when they do the rebalancing, it's impressive. It truly... <laughs> all right, in my head, that was way funnier. Oh. Well, <laughs> obviously not the litmus test of funny or not. Um, 
Our first break. Wow, that went fast. 833-707-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com will take your questions, your emails, your calls after this on More Than Money. song for the longest time i thought he was saying secret asian man <laughs> it does sound like it could be that, that. <laughs> a, uh, johnny rivers just going secret asian man mm-hmm. what what <laughs> oh agent man got it got it got it welcome back to more than money Alyssa young john elliott gene dickison at your service this morning 833 833- 707-7900, 833 707 Alyssa, A-O-Y-S-S-A at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. More than money online.com. Happy to be taking your calls. Happy to be taking your emails. And let me make sure I clear this one. Um, <laughs> one of our most loyal listeners says, thank God. Donald Trump finally is facing justice after trying to pull a fast one on that poor, innocent, naive Deutsche Bank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, $350 million fine for a victimless crime. None of the lenders were willing to testify. None, because they didn't lose any money. Everything was done exactly according to the contract. Uh, I would like to pay you 4%. Now you have to pay me 5 Okay. And then they did. <laughs> and, but that's a terrible. That does sound criminal. <laughs> what sounds criminal is Letitia James. Um, let me see. Just make sure. Um, dear Gene uh, and Alyssa. Well, that's a good start. Huh? True. At least they cognitively identified who we are. Okay. Joe Biden can't do that. Uh, I've heard about REITs, but I've never uh, invested. These days, I'm taking a second interest, but I'm finding out there are hundreds of choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Absolutely true. People talk about generic. T- I should invest in bonds. What? Okay, what kind of bonds? Oh, there are kinds of bonds. I should invest in stocks. What? What sectors? There, there are more than one sector. How about REITs? Hundreds of them. 
A popular choice seems to be blah. I'm in, I'm uh, fill in the blanks. I'm approaching uh, first year of retirement, not currently taking any withdrawals. Are these a good idea for a junior retiree? What portion should one put into REITs? And can you reveal some quality REITs? Your thoughts. Thank you. Great show. I will preface this by saying, no, I'm not going to reveal any quality REITs because a number of reasons. Number one, our shows are, are pretty much evergreen. People listen to them three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now. And these things change rather substantially and rather rapidly. So that's not appropriate. Uh, number two, what I would say, uh, and I have, gosh, I used to beat Money Magazine bloody. They went out of business. I think I've proven my point. <laughs> uh, where they would, every uh, other magazine issue was the best mutual funds to invest in right this minute. And that's just poo-poo caca. Mm -hmm. It is steaming poo-poo caca. There's no such thing. Right. So there's no such thing as a great REIT. There are REITs that are more successful, more profitable, more um, lo have longer tenure, et cetera, et cetera. But if they're not appropriate for you, it doesn't matter if I think that they're a good REIT. So bottom line is we can talk about the general nature of REITs, real estate investment trusts. For those of you who are going REITs, real estate investment trusts. R-E-I-T. Yeah, R-E-I-T. <laughs> So, uh, in general, a real estate investment trust uh, operates similar to a mutual fund. It's a very different legal entity, but similar to a mutual fund in that they will pull together lots of money from lots of different investors and, at least in theory, buy a lot of different pieces of real estate. Mm -hmm. Some REITs are set up for growth. Uh, they try to buy something and hold on to it, create almost no income, but in three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen years, uh, return the principal with a big profit. That's their goal. Others are set up. In, in this particular case, the uh, listeners asking about a income REIT, mm -hmm. where they are set up to buy existing properties that they hope will provide a strong cash flow stream. And properly done, a real estate investment trust can do exactly that. So um, if this gentleman was questioning you about what percentage of his portfolio he might want to put in REITs, what would you say? Uh, well, I guess I would need to know about the level of risk he's willing to take um, because REITs can be pretty volatile. And I have actually, this is... Um, this this 20 years of asset class performance nice. chart is yeah. shows that um, REITs bounce around from the top of the list to the bottom of the list as far as average annual performance goes. So that shows volatility and that shows risk. So that's a big factor. Also, the liquidity component of it. Right. I mean, I don't I don't know. Um, there's so many different flavors, so I think it's safe to say you have more liquidity in some than others, right? Oh, without a doubt. There are non-traded REITs where you have virtually no liquidity, mm -hmm. and there are traded REITs which are available lots of places, and they have instant liquidity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be another, you know, obviously factor to consider. Um, so if this person understands the nature of it, is still interested in it, is willing to take that risk that maybe a portion of the portfolio would be uh, more volatile, I guess. I mean, obviously we need more information, but my, my 
general like metric would be probably not more than say 10% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would actually be more conservative. Five? I would, I would put it at five. Okay. Particularly if you're looking at it from an income standpoint. If you're trying to generate income in retirement, a an income-oriented REIT can be a an effective piece of the puzzle. Mm. Piece of the puzzle. Uh, Alyssa and I and uh, our good friend uh, Mark uh, in our office, Mark Belsack, financial advisor extraordinaire mm-hmm. and um, a financial advisor to many of you listening out there right this moment. Uh, we had a, a kind of a, um, a brainstorming session around cr- exactly this kind of an idea, creating income mm-hmm. for a client that had a very specific set of objectives in terms of income, liquidity, safety, time frame, a lot of different issues around creating that income stream. So we picked uh, one thing and we, no, <laughs> no. Uh, we um, created, crafted a recipe that included a number of different ingredients. Mm-hmm. I'm really hungry this morning, so everything's, <laughs> <coughs> everything's about food. I'm just kind of... <laughs> Does anybody have an egg McMuffin? I just Ooh, that would, sounds really it good. does. I just would kill for an egg McMuffin right now. I wouldn't kill. I wouldn't. I would knock you down, but I wouldn't kill. That's ridiculous. That's moronic. Um, four, five, six, seven different pieces. So if you said to me that one thing that jumped out at me in in terms of this this realty income, uh, real estate investment trust focusing on income. Um, is the gentleman said I'm recently retired and I don't really need the income. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. a, that's an interesting bit of a head scratcher. Now he's been retired uh, a short time, but that doesn't mean he's not 73 and maybe needs the RMD and maybe the income would be very mm-hmm. useful. Mm-hmm. We, d- we don't know that yet. Um, but bottom line, whether you're using um, REITs in for some piece, um, goodness uh, bonds, for some piece, high yield bonds of some value. Um, Mark was particularly high on a particular set of yep. high yield bonds. Very interesting. Yep. Um, and and gosh, there's half a dozen other very interesting. Most of which, uh, most of the, the platforms of which folks have not really bumped into, typically. Um, and and then throw in some CDs for for some ultimate protection. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you can look at a six or seven percent cash flow. Well diversified, uh, not relying on any one thing. Now, having said all of that, there's one huge caution I must provide to everyone who's thinking about, well, real estate's really kind of down. I think maybe buying in a down market makes some sense. No argument. That, that, that's, that makes perfect sense. REITs come in tons of different flavors, and they almost always have a particular investment objective or a particular type of in real estate that they invest in. Mm-hmm. So it may be residential. They buy apartment buildings. Right. You know, I'm not so sure I'd be really excited about that sector. Hey, they buy in office buildings. Now I know I'm not excited. <laughs> uh-uh. One of the real risks of investing in commercial property, particularly office and retail, is that many of these leases were very long-term, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And yet for many of these office buildings, particularly, they are now either empty empty or largely empty. Hey, I used to need 100,000 square feet, and now I need 
10% of that. Because yeah, all my employees work from home. And they are happier. Yep. Our company is doing better. We're more profitable. Uh, we can have group meetings by Zoom and everybody's still connected. And uh, as long as we don't uh, pan the camera down and see everybody sitting in their pajamas, <laughs> everything's fine. So all of a sudden, even though currently, right this moment, the cash flow is really good. You've got to look behind the REIT. You've got to look behind the asset that they have and see when do they mature and what are the odds that they're going to re-up. I'm looking across the street at an apartment complex. What are the odds that folks are going to want to live in Whitehall uh, residentially? It's pretty good, I would think. If there's an apartment complex in Nazareth, I think it's even better. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's an attractive place to be mm -hmm. for sure. What are the odds that people are going to get excited about renting a store in the Lehigh Valley Mall? Not very good. Right this second. I don't want to create any negative feelings about the Lehigh Valley Mall. The mall's actually doing better than I thought. I, I, Last time I was there, I was like, oh, there's still stuff happening here. Like, okay. Palmer Mall. Palmer Mall, on the other hand. Oh. <laughs> It's it's to the point where so many uh, mall settings are now being sold off into Amazon distribution centers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the, the type of real estate is really important. There are REITs, by the way, that specialize in, for example, healthcare. Mm. So hospitals that want to expand but they don't want to tie up their capital, a REIT will buy the land, build the building, lease it to the hospital. Healthcare is not likely going away. <laughs> Um, there are REITs that specialize in 55 and over communities. That's a really growing segment of yep. the economy. So lots of issues there, lots of, uh, lots of requirement that you get informed uh, to the degree that you can make a confident decision and in all likelihood use a financial advisor that's got a bit more experience. Yeah. Uh, considering the question that we answered first, this is an interesting follow-up. Uh, greetings, good show. Just good. That's when <laughs> no, it's, so it's a little, it's a little, a little vague. <laughs> How about best I've ever heard? No, okay, all right, all right, we, we'll see. Uh, what type of uh, advisor should I be seeking based on my current situation? I'm retired. I'm 77. I've been married 50 years. Oh, congratulations. Fantastic. <laughs> my 75-year-old wife, I have a uh, one son who's married with two children. We have a $200,000 a year income mm. from Social Security, a pension, and two required minimum distributions. We also have uh, we have our IRAs with a combined value of 1.3 million, including a small Roth. Yeah, they asked what kind of advisor I was thinking. She, I was pointing to. Well, in general, she was thinking <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I think the type Alyssa uh, advisor. You know, they the, what you're the back Alyssa the, the background perfect, perfect that fit. you're looking for no, no. on the radio female on the on the radio. <laughs> Puts up with John and Jean on a, <laughs> on a weekly basis. Uh, we have a uh, home on uh, the coast worth over $2 million. Wow. And uh, Alyssa's willing to travel. We rent an apartment uh, near our son and family, but we only use it part of the year. Okay. But that's very nice. We have. Yeah. We use Vanguard as our financial vehicle. We do have a will. We have no debt. We're current residents of New Jersey, but we could easily move. Uh, so to make sure we are set up correctly regarding taxes, 
estate planning, inheritances. Do we go to an attorney, a CPA, a financial planner? Mm-hmm. Your guidance would be greatly appreciated on this. Thanks. Wow. Well, uh, I got to say um, kudos to them. It sounds like they've done a really good job. Well done. Yes. Married for a very long time in a great financial situation. They've got flexibility um, near their family when, you know, and where they want to be other times. Oh, it, yeah, this is great, great place to be. Now, as far as this is a great example of needing an advisor because um, there's so all these other considerations, right? Uh, he asked about all these things that are not related to managing the IRAs, <laughs> but more specifically, what about our estate plan? What about our taxes? What about this? Um, one of the many benefits of working with us at MTM is that we have that team of specialists that support us for the things besides investment management and retirement planning. Which also leads us, leads him to the type of advisors he doesn't want. People who can't talk about taxes. Exactly. He does (laughs) not want an investment advisor. Uh, Managing the investments, of course, that's important. But all these other things are equally or more important. Yeah. And and it, he says, do we go to an attorney, a CPA, an estate attorney, a financial planner? If you want to have to go to all of those individual people separately, have at it. But think about the ability to go to one place, one-stop shopping, and have all of those people working together on your behalf. That's the kind of advisor that you want. Somewhere where they work together as a team, under one roof, you have... Um, you know, consistent guidance, collaboration, you can find that rather than having to say, oh, let me take this and I'll go to my CPA with that. And then I'm going to go over to my estate planning attorney with that. Um, if you can have a, everybody working together in one place, that's going to really help um, help you make things more efficient, yeah, clear. The analogy, if if you'll forgive me, is I understand football season's over. I get that. And we're all a little bit in mourning, although what an incredible game. Holy crap. Um, the analogy that we use quite often is head coach. Or quarterback. And <laughs> assistant coaches. Uh-huh. So if you have a financial advisor that you trust, very experienced in all these areas, not a not strictly an investment advisor only like Ken Fisher or or creative planning or so many others that are just please um give me your money go away <laughs> give me your money let me take my pay and go away uh if you have a quality trusted experienced uh financial advisor as the head coach they will assist you in coordination with, um, some would say the investment advisor becomes the offensive coach. The estate planning attorney and the CPAs become the defensive coaches. These are all coordinated through your financial advisors so that you are avoiding what has happened too many times, so very many times. I went to my CPA and they said I should have a Roth. Uh, I went to my financial advisor, they said I shouldn't have a Roth. I went to my attorney and said, it doesn't matter if you have a Roth. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a head coach, you've got somebody who's who's funneling all that detail to you and coordinating the answers so that you're getting the information that you need specifically. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Well done. Uh, absolutely impressive. And uh, the type of advisor you're looking for? Alyssa Young. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. She volunteered. She's 
A uh, young lady who's a very dear friend, uh, been a client for many, many years, is uh, considering uh, having received an unexpected inheritance, mm. um, placing $25,000 into 529s for each of their four grandchildren. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, we had a conversation, and I recommended that it be adjusted slightly because, like Alyssa, I like the strategy part. Mm-hmm. And she said, I honestly would like to open these all instantly with the 25000 mm-hmm. instead of splitting it into two years. Why shouldn't shouldn't I? And the answer is uh, it's, it's a tax deduction. Yeah. And in the state of Pennsylvania, currently you're limited to $18,000 on yeah. your Pennsylvania return. So if you put the entire 25 in for each in one block, mm-hmm. you will uh, walk away from a tax deduction on 28000 $28, bucks, um, which would save somewhere in the 800 to $900 range. <clears throat> Where I come from, 800 900 bucks, real money. That's like two trips to Point Phillips. I mean, this this is good stuff. Might even get a Carabas in there someplace. Definitely lunch at the Nazareth Diner. Definitely. So bottom line is if you wish to maximize the appearance, yeah, you drop the 25 in instantly. If you wish to uh, maximize your your economic impact, 18 now each. You wait, what's what's that, 10 and a half months, uh-huh. and you do uh, 7,000 uh, additional. Um, well, along the way, the 18 hopefully is well invested, hopefully is growing, depending on how you invest it. Uh, and um, next year, you end up with an additional tax deduction. And who knows, next year, the seven might be more. Yeah, you could invest the seven elsewhere, and then if it grows, you have a larger contribution next year. Yeah. Uh, one that was not an email, but it came up in a client review this week that I went, what? A young lady reports that her husband uh, took a uh, $50,000 uh, home equity line of credit okay. so that he could take that fifty and invest it in stocks. Okay. And your gut reaction to that is? I don't like that. I don't like that either. I don't like it even a little bit. Um, 5.8% interest rate. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> my guess is they're probably filing standard deductions so they don't even get a tax deduction for the interest. Um, if um, the SEC came in for the audit and said, do you ever recommend people borrow money to then reinvest in the market? The answer for us is no. No. Because the risk is so substantial. Yeah. You have to make a much higher return just to break even on the interest. Just to break even. And then if the stocks lose value, you don't have the principal to pay back your loan. That's very risky. It is uh, very risky. And um, from the description of how he has invested it, perhaps even more risky than than we feel or than than we suspect. Um, So something that... <clears throat> wow. If you're I, thinking about doing that, don't. <laughs> um, he sh- uh, I try sorry, I was trying to get get the word dint in there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> uh goodness. Um gentleman writes that he'll be visiting um our our uh, 
superhero in a vest on Monday. Mr. Chad oh. is going to get <laughs> Warren's going to stop in uh, for his 90-day review for the second time. Fantastic. Uh, his quote is, you say what you do and you do what you say. It It is, <clears throat> I have to admit, one of the more fun parts, um, particularly years ago as I was onboarding so many clients um, in the uh, More Than Money World Headquarters these days, Alyssa is onboarding lots of clients. Um, uh, all the advisors are. Um, and in the early days when I would s- um, describe to them our service model of every 90 days, they would go, oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that would be really beneficial. My guy never calls me. Uh, my guy says, well, I can call anytime. I don't know why to call. What am I asking? Okay. Um and when they got to their first review, they went, oh, my gosh, you really you do really, this. Yeah. Uh, Someone said this to me. I, I wanted to see if you guys are for real. I'm like, oh, it's for real. <laughs> we are for real. <laughs> Speaking of for real, we got to take our top of the hour break. 833-707-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Emails and calls after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money, second full hour, which means you have 52 and a half minutes left to have your questions asked and answered. We haven't had our icebreaker call yet. Is it because it's snowing and they thought they couldn't break the ice? I don't know, but somebody just needs to call. There's just so much confusion. (laughs) Ball of confusion. Whoa, whoa. That's what... Is that an ABBA song? Uh, uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. What are, you, what are you talking about? Ball of confusion. Yeah. Who did it? I think so too. I think Temptations or either that or uh, the Hollies. No, it was not Abba. For goodness sake. Welcome back. If you're a loyal listener, then you already know that between Alyssa, John, and Gene, there's a lot of goofiness going on, but our hearts are pure. <laughs> And our and and we are service oriented, so we are here to serve you. One of the nicest ways to serve you is to have a phone conversation, eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Alyssa particularly enjoys the icebreaker call that opens the floodgates for everyone else and kind of shows how these things work with a nice phone call at eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. We understand that there may be some challenges. Maybe you're listening. Uh, it with your uh, your earbuds in and uh, you're shoveling or maybe you're tooling around and you want to be a little more careful paying attention to the road please if you're on the road please be very very cautious if i understand right the uh, weather report today is that we're going to get to the high 30s so if you can get some of that um three four five if you're in mcunji eight ten twelve inches holy moly uh, of snow up and around. Most of it should melt between today and tomorrow. Most of uh, what you mm. expose should melt. So that would be very, very useful indeed. Um, 
we had uh, almost nothing other than to uh, uh, just send our very best uh, to Juliana again. She was confirmed last Sunday morning, and uh, we congratulate her on that very important step in her life. She was uh, confirmed with five others. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a very, very nice uh, ceremony in our uh, little church that's... Showing some real, really, really good growth uh, on the youth side, on the young family side. It's nice to see. Um, of course, when you consider that Alyssa is an elder in the church. <laughs> so it, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary mm-hmm. this year. And I've been there for 35 of the <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She started right after she got married. and. Uh, no, I started when I was a child. I know. I was going <laughs> the opposite just for fun. Just for fun. Speaking of fun, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at AskMTM.com. Gene, G-E-N-E at AskMTM.com. And MoreThanMoneyOnline.com so that you can uh, share our show or listen uh, to a nice, clear signal from iHeartMedia. And morethanmoneyonline.com if you'd like to hear it by podcast. If you want to pick up the first hour of the show, uh, Monday right around noon is when the show gets posted. Uh, John does his uh, thang with electrons. And uh, that goes over to Megan. Megan does her thang with getting everything uh, squared away and uh, compliant. And then we post that so that you have access. We have as soon as he walked out. As soon as he walked out. Is the phone ringing? Yeah. So for the the phone that is ringing uh, john is temporarily unavailable if you would just let that ring if if you and if you're not able to listen just oh gosh call back was, uh, just timing timing, oh, man. timing um let me see if i have a short one yes um I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, listen every chance I get. I'm a widower, 75. I'm retired. I'm a Pennsylvania resident. I'm thinking about selling my home uh, to move closer to my daughter who lives in South Carolina. Hmm. I have a question about capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Is there really a $250,000 capital gains tax exception when selling your primary home? I've tried to research the topic, but I'm sorry to say I've not been successful. Any information you can provide will be greatly appreciated. Yes. Um, when you sell your primary residence and you've lived there for at least two years, you get a capital gains tax exclusion of $250,000 per person. So, yep, if you sell your home for less than $250,000 more than you paid mm-hmm. for it, <laughs> you don't owe any capital gains tax on that transaction. Yeah, it works out really, really well if, uh, now this gentleman does not indicate that he's married. If you were married, by the way, you would get a 500, yeah, he does indicate he's a widower. That means he's not married, Gene. It's okay. Pay pay attention. (laughs) If uh, he were married, Mm -hmm. $500,000. But a lot of folks confuse that in terms of sale price versus, it's not sale price, it's profit. So if you bought your house for two hundred and you're married, you could go as high as seven hundred and still pay no tax. If you were the one who made the icebreaker call just moments ago, our technology uh, quirk has now been fixed, and so we uh, call back. Call back. We're ready for you. Call Eight, back. Eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Um, a lot of folks are not aware that. The uh, price that you paid for your home 
is not necessarily your cost basis. That's right. Why is that? Because if you invested additional money into your home besides the price you paid to buy it, that increases your cost basis. So let's say, for example, you said $200,000, you bought a house for Mm $200,000, and then you built an addition, and it cost $150,000 to build the addition. Well, now your cost basis, just based on that, is three fifty, and maybe you added a deck, and that cost thirty thousand dollars. So now it's you know it, it, it's that's how it goes. The investments that you make, uh, capital improvements on the house, increase your cost basis. Very good indeed. Transaction costs as well. The um, fees that you perhaps you when you're selling your home, you have a commission that you must pay mm-hmm. that increases your cost basis or decreases your profit. However, you wish to look at that it decreases your income taxes. Uh, lots of confusion around what capital improvements are in a home and which ones are not. If yeah. you're paying to have your grass cut, that's not a capital improvement. No. If you're painting the house, it's not a capital improvement. If you're putting a new roof on. It is a capital mm. improvement. Maybe you install hardwood flooring. Hardwood flooring is a capital improvement. Um, new kitchen, new bath, all those kinds of things are. Uh, so for a lot of folks who over the years have been told, you can't deduct any of those things. Sadly, they don't keep records. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and they don't know. So 30 years later, perhaps 40 years later, he's going, I paid 100 I guess that's my... And maybe I owe tax, but what did you put in? I don't have any records. Mm -hmm. So keeping records is really important. If, on the other hand, we were going to leave the home to our heirs, Mm -hmm. are those records really that important? No. Um, What happens is when you die and someone inherits your house, Mm -hmm. that uh, house is appraised. The the value of the home the day that you die Mm -hmm. is their cost basis. It's called a stepped-up cost basis. So what... What's good about that is let's say your kids inherit your home, but they don't plan to live there. They have they have homes of their own. They're just going to sell it. So if the cost basis becomes the value that day and they sell it, they don't have capital gains tax to worry about. Not a bad thing. 833-707-7900. All right. We have our icebreaker call. We're going to welcome Chuck for to the show. Thank you for calling. How can we help you today? Hey, top of the morning to you. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I was the one that called previously when, when it didn't answer. Thanks for calling call back. back. Sorry call about back. that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm here to help, you know. <laughs> we appreciate you. All right. Appreciate. Thanks. I appreciate you as well. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I I started a business in 2022 okay. out of necessity because, you know, the tax rates went up and all this kind of stuff and cost of living and stuff. So that was the only way I could maintain my my lifestyle so i had to you know the job wasn't cutting it so i started a business so at some point i'd like to retire i don't have a lot of a lot of money in the iras i had i had quite a bit but then you know um elections have consequences and my ira took the hit Mm. what what do you recommend uh do you is your business profitable Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you need all of the cash flow from the business to meet your current expenses? Um, No, no. We put we put uh, plenty in savings, building it back up. Okay. Are when you say we you and your spouse? Yeah, my wife. Okay, excellent. Are you using any of that to fund retirement accounts? 
Not yet. No, like I said, it just started in October of 2023. Oh, 2023. And, uh, My apologies. I or, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I apologize. Um, 2022, October 2022. Sure. Well, it's, it's, I, I went from a company truck driver to an owner-operator, so mm. I leased a truck in 2022, paid yeah. it off in 2023. Excellent. Very and now good. it's my truck, so all the money I have, or all the money that comes in, you know, goes sure. to me in various expenses. Sure. Yeah, I would I would have you look uh, first and easiest is uh, IRAs for each, uh, for you and your wife. So you could uh-huh. up to $15,000 tax deductible if... Uh, tax deductions are useful for you. You can tax deduct up to $15,000. That will then grow tax sheltered until you decide to retire. Uh, if tax deductions are not a big deal or doesn't make a really big deal for you, you might consider the Roth IRA. Um, and, and then you would not get a tax deduction up front, but you would get tax-free income in retirement. That might be something to take a close look at. And then uh, number three, if 15000 is not enough, if, if you've got more excess cash flow than that, you can actually set up your own 401k, and then that expands your ability to put money away rather dramatically. I think the limit now is about 60, 62000 bucks a year. So you've got a number of options. What you would likely uh, wish to do is to sit with either a financial advisor at this time of year. That's probably your best bet or a tax preparer and, and take a, uh, just a glance. It, it would probably take less than half an hour to go through your tax return and look at your cash flow to see which direction would serve you best, whether it would be IRAs or 401ks or some combination. What the, what's the difference between an IRA and a 401k? Yeah, predominantly not a lot. They are treated predominantly tax-wise very much the same. Mm -hmm. The big difference is how much money you can put into each account. Oh, I see. Yeah, IRAs are rather limited. Uh, 401ks are rather generous. So it's really a function of of how simple do you want to keep it and how much cash do you want to put away. Okay. All right. Well, I will set something up with you. um get this ball rolling. Chuck, thank you so much for the call. Just just a just a little side note. Here in Little Rock, Arkansas, it, the weather's fairly nice. Oh, oh very nice. You just had to rub not that in her face. In, I, I am not. I'm not. Uh, just, you know, trying to get a little, you know, bring a little sun into your yeah, day. Yeah, sending the sun through the phone. Line. We appreciate sending it. the sun. There you go. Thank you, Chuck. Have a great day. God you bless too. you. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I, no, I don't like him at all. Do you know, tell, ask me why I don't like him. Ask me. <laughs> tell us why. <clears throat> why don't you like him? Tell me he doesn't have a great radio voice. Oh, he's got <laughs> jelly. great. Oh, um, jelly. Cha. Super jelly. I'm super jelly. That, he, oh, he just you got need it. an accent. He's got. No, it's not the accent. He's oh, got okay. the. He's got the timber. He's, he's got the all. He's <laughs> got it all. I'm over here. I sound like a 12 year old girl whining. It's, 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 Compared to Chuck, I gotta go have my testosterone checked. Oh, oh my, my god, he is that he's got a great radio. Gene's voice. gotta go. Bye, have a good day. <laughs> he's like, I'm out. This quest diagnostics open today. <laughs> I gotta get a blood test. This is cray cray. Uh, interesting for him. 
this transition from employee to business owner, uh, the the fact that he was able yeah. to pay his truck off so fast mm-hmm. is impressive. That's, that's great. That's great. And having these options, um, I, I thought he, the question about fundamentally what are the differences, mm. that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Lots of folks kind of think, eh, I kind of know. No, you don't. Not in all likelihood, you don't. I, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who's self-employed who wanted to talk about his options for some retirement savings because he doesn't have any right now. And um, we went through that IRA, SEP IRA would be another mm, option. Yeah. And and the way I described it, too, you said IRA simplest, and I agree with that. So I said, if you can afford to put away more than the IRA limit, we should talk about these other more complicated options. But if for 2024, $8,000 is your maximum, if that's really all you've got extra to put away, that's a really... Easy way to do it, and it's tax deductible. Simple, clean. But yeah, then as a four hundred one k, if he if he opens a solo four hundred one k, he can put in his contributions plus the employer match, right? So that's why you said your his maximum would be like sixty one grand this year yeah. because it's thirty thousand five hundred is the employer employee max if you're over fifty years old, and then you'd have the employer match on top of that, right? Um, that is true, but it also gets extended just a little bit further. And I'm looking, and it's not on here. I apologize. I'll find out what the overall cap is okay. on a defined contribution. Oh, defined contribution plan, 69000 in total. Oh, okay, great. In total. Yeah. Uh, so where's my IRA? Uh, uh, yes, uh, 50 and over, $8,000. Now, if you're listening very carefully... You heard me uh, say fifteen thousand because I was using last year's number. Right, seventy five hundred per and, person. And I doubled it. And 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 you're going wait. Mm-hmm. Why did why did you double it? Why, how is it that he can do two IRAs? Um, you can do a spousal IRA. So even if Chuck's wife's not working, and he's making at least fifteen thousand dollars in twenty twenty, made mm-hmm. at least fifteen thousand yeah, dollars in twenty twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he can make that contribution for himself and his wife. Spousal IRAs in, initially were huge, and in recent years, last five, ten years, largely fallen off the radar screen. They can be incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. If Chuck's, we'll use Chuck as an example. If he can put away sixteen thousand bucks, typically for an individual in an employer plan, that's a big chunk. That's a that's a contribution that you're going. Wow, I'm really cranking. He can do that simply to IRAs. It's yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Speaking of cool, 833-707-7900. Back to the phone. Yeah, what's cool is that Jim called. <laughs> Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Alyssa. Gene, I have a question about something you mentioned previously about taking a deduction or a credit on your income tax when you add value to your home. Yes, I did. I talked about the fact that you can't uh, take a tax deduction uh, on an annual basis. Hey, I put a new kitchen in the house. It's not deductible. So I guess I don't need to keep those documents. Yes, you do. Because if indeed you end up selling that home, that will end up being a increase, in in essence, a tax deduction against the capital gains that you might face. So keeping those records Sadly, what a lot of folks do, they just put it all in a file, 
all their financials are in the file. So seven years go by and some CPA says, you know, you can shred all that stuff. You don't need it after seven years. And all the stuff that they don't need to keep is gone. But so is everything else they may have dropped into that uh, a settlement sheet on the purchase of a piece of real estate that often will go into the tax file mm. and then that's gone. So mm. uh, Jim's absolutely right. There's lots of uh, issues. They've got to be juggled, so to speak. And you've got to play the long game. Yeah. You got to play the long game. Yeah. Very good. I, I have an email question. If you oh, want please. To take a live oh, question. I, I'm or, I don't want to take any debt. Okay. It says, I've always wondered why there isn't more government regulation regarding the names investment advisors can call themselves. For example, why annuity salespeople and insurance agents are allowed to claim to be advisors and not made to call themselves what they actually are. It seems like a lot of people run into issues with this and it causes confusion for people who don't understand the difference. And if there was more of a clear cut name they were required to use, it would be helpful to clear, uh, cl to keep this clear for people. Just curious on your thoughts on this. <sighs> uh oh, it starts with a sigh. Mm. <laughs> 780 years. I've been struggling with that very question. Those of us who have worked so very hard and are so very committed to serving the needs of our clients are uh, conflated with annuity salesmen, conflated with stock jockeys, conflated with uh, un unregistered anything who simply decide I'm a financial advisor and I'm going to claim that and I'm going to advertise that and I'm that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain regulations that they claim to help make this clear. They don't. And what makes it even more painful is that there are legions of financial advisors who have been thrown out of the business they have lost their in, in investment advisor licenses, their Series 7. They have been found um, uh, guilty of uh, uh, dreadfully uh, hurting clients. And 20 minutes later, they show up with a life insurance license and they're selling annuities. So the, mm -hmm. the, the contamination, the cross-contamination is dreadful. And, and you are absolutely correct. Your, your position is 100% correct. Why do they not? Well, in, in the world of politics, and you think there's no politics and regulations, uh. please. In the world of po everything is, is weaponized these days. In the world of politics, uh, lobbying, the amount of mm -hmm. money that somebody's willing to pay, uh, I was going to say to a congressman, uh, indirectly to a congressman, to influence how they feel about certain things. Uh, the insurance companies have a huge lobby, a oh, huge yeah. lobby, and they are um, uh, always alert for, hey, uh, you don't really want to do that. You don't want to make our guys feel bad or look bad. So uh, registered investment advisors, fantastic, gives you a, a clue. But for the average person, the confusion is dreadful. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I know Alyssa has had some very specific personal frustration with certain 
at least a couple companies, relatively local, who claim to be financial advisors mm-hmm. who have taken advantage of their clients, particularly um, through putting them in inappropriate investments or twisting them out of an investment that was very good for them and putting them into something that was very good from a commission generation standpoint. Yep. (laughs) And not to make you feel any better, but very famous people are equally ignorant of all of this. Uh, I'm reading two books right now by Tony Robbins. Uh, I, I, I admire Tony Robbins for what he's accomplished in his own life. Um, Tony Robbins, what he has turned into recently in the last seven or eight, nine, ten years in terms of um, just shamelessly promoting whoever wants to write a book with him. Um, it's, it's, it's painful. Um, one, of, one of his books, he talks about financial advisors. You know, if they're duly registered, they're dreadful. Excuse me? <sighs> that, that is just such an ignorant statement. I read it last night, and um, that's one of the reasons why I didn't get as much sleep as I would like, because once I get angry... Oh, no. Yeah, it takes me a little while. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, some famous people, pretty ignorant. Uh, some famous people, famous people, uh, incredibly wealthy people. Uh, Ken Fisher, ignorant. Ignorant, indeed. Hmm. So, um, gosh, I didn't solve anything in answering that question. My apologies, Uh, We have a fistful of emails, but more importantly, 833-707-7900, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Emails and questions after this on More Than Money. Solicited um, uh, a critical review of Taxman. <laughs> you not a fan? Uh, no, love that song. It's a great song. And for those of you going five uh, percent for you, uh, nineteen five for you, nineteen for me. Uh, in the early nineteen sixties, the highest tax rate in America was ninety five percent, and in Britain it was ninety five percent for a very long time. And when the Beatles in the early sixties started making real money. They got really steamed mm-hmm. <laughs> how much uh, the crown was taking. So Taxman became their protest song. Um, don't blame Diane, if that is her real name. Don't blame her. She's just the messenger. Right. She's just trying to help. Juliana asked us about taxes at dinner last night. And when we explained 
like the example we were we were using was like about twenty percent of your income goes to taxes. She's like, "What? That's a lot." She was like, "That's terrible." Yeah, it was cute. She's like, "Yeah, that's how it goes." <laughs> and I said, "It used to be more." Jean said. Jean said oh. it used to be more, <laughs> but yeah, that that was a reaction of a of a fourteen year old. <laughs> what? Yeah, you get uh, when you get your first paycheck. I made a hundred dollars. Why am I only getting fifty seven bucks? <laughs> yeah, that's when reality kind of strikes. Yeah. Uh, also, when people uh, ask the uh, uh, the old story they tell about the daughter coming home from college, uh, so proud her first semester she had a four zero. And um, was uh, telling her dad about all the thing, all the progressive ideas she was learning about mm. in school. And he's like, all right, yeah, I get that. Uh, you know, and it's just wrong that some people make so much money and they keep it. They should give it to everybody else. He's going, all right, okay, I get that. Uh, <clears throat> so you got a 4.0. And she said, yeah. I said, did you uh, you work hard for that? She goes, are you kidding me? Everybody else is out partying and mm-hmm. having fun and just getting drunk, being stupid. They're away from home. They're being morons. I worked hard and I got a 4 So that's really not fair. What you should do is you should willingly reduce your GPA to a 2.5 and give the 1.5 extra to some of your friends so that they can go from a 1 to a two or a two point two, <laughs> and she went, "Are you out of your mind?" Uh, and I went, "That's how the tax system that you just told me you wanted to have works. Somebody works their butt off. You want to take away a bunch of that to give it to somebody who doesn't. Didn't, yeah, yeah, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Speaking That's of didn't, eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. We're gonna go back to the phones and speak with Daniel. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Morning. Calling How- from Denver, Colorado area. Wow, this is a national show today. This is great. We had Arkansas, we've got Colorado. What's your weather in Colorado? We just got two inches last night, and the uh, roads are a little icy. But I'm from Allentown originally. We moved out here to be with the grandkids. Wow, nice. But uh, I wanted to present a question that perplexes me every year when I do my income taxes and have this nice conversation with my online tax program. With, I guess <laughs> they call it a conversation that you have with them, an interview process. Uh-huh. And, and so it's about box five on the 1099R, okay. titled Employee Contributions, and then in parentheses, Designated Roth Contributions or Insurance Premiums. This 1099 originates from my wife's time as a teacher with the Diocese of Allentown, where she taught in a Catholic school. <clears throat> in the interview process, as you probably both know, it's they, they coax you to fill out the 1099 form as if if it was in front of the tax uh, in front of the IRS, so that they see a representation of what your 1099R looks like. So you fill that out. Then the next box is is the IRA slash SEP slash simple box checked. No, it wasn't. Are you a retired public safety officer? And there's many categories, law enforcement, firefighter, chaplain, rescue squad member, whatever. No. Mm -hmm. Next question. Did you or will you roll over any part of this distribution? No, I don't think so. Not to my knowledge, I didn't roll it over. Uh, We need to know if your payments are on a series of a part of a series, they made it a regular interval, weekly, monthly, yearly, 
Are they for a period of more than a year? Yes. It's my wife's pension with the diocese. And this is the, the next one's the one that gets me. Uh, did you pay part of the cost of this pension or annuity? I've been answering yes for all these years. Other people say, no, you're not paying for the cost of the annuity. But my wife did make contributions during her employment, not much. Uh, and by the way, the pension isn't all that big with the diocese, but for, what, for whatever. But it's not, we're not talking about a large amount of money. But in trying to be truthful, truthful, I'm not sure if the money she gives is going toward the cost of the pension or annuity. I don't know what the diocese does with the money when they take this, uh, when my wife contributes to uh, this out of her paycheck for all the years she worked for the diocese. How am I supposed to know if I paid for part of it or, or what that amount represents? Yeah, uh, Daniel, the the litmus test, in, in my opinion, will be, and of course, Diane, if that is her real name, is listening carefully to, to see if her husband messes this one up. Mm-hmm. But the litmus test would be, if your wife made a contribution to this pension fund and you took a tax deduction, received a tax deduction for that contribution, very common, by the way, that that's how that works, that people are allowed to contribute to a pension fund. The diocese puts in a certain amount. Your, the employee puts in a certain amount. Teachers are often able to buy into pensions. If they got a tax deduction, then the answer is no. You did not make a contribution. If you did not get a tax deduction, then part of this pension that you're receiving is a return of the principal that your wife invested, and and the answer would be yes. Then then a portion of that that pension should be tax free. My gut says seventy five eighty percent certain you did get a tax deduction that all of this is taxable. So the answer to that box in number five should be no. Okay. Um... So they said this was money that was taxed. I called the diocese, and they said this money was already taxed. Oh, okay. That's important. Um, So then it should be tax-free now, correct? And that's why— That portion. And the final—that portion. Uh, Yes, that portion. That's correct. That portion. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the the further question, just to complete the uh, conversation with the tax program— the next box was, when was this annuity starting date? Well, I don't know that it was an annuity, but that's the question. And there's four choice, four choices. After November 18th, 1996, I'm not sure what that what importance that date is, between January 1st of 87 and November 18th of 1996. Don't know what the import of that, that range is. The 3rd, July 2nd of 86 to December 31st of 86, or before July 2nd of 86. So there's four different date categories. And then finally they say, we're going to use the the lesser amount as the taxable amount of the distribution because box one and two show you the total amount and box two shows you the amount minus my wife's contribution. Very good. And they, always, they always conclude with, we're going to use the lesser amount. Excellent. Yeah, so you're on the right track. Um, the, the, um, the information that you're getting delineates your wife's contribution. She did not get a tax deduction for it. That money's coming back tax-free. They're using the lesser amount, which means they've already deducted out her contribution. Sounds to me like you're on the right track. But, I mean, how's the average person? 
don't know. No, I'm no, no. That oh, no. Take... <laughs> Daniel, you're asking the wrong question. The IRS doesn't okay. want the average person to have any idea how to navigate these things. And if you think that there aren't tons of tax professionals that are scratching their heads and getting headaches over trying to interpret this uh, just ridiculous maze of instructions of if if up is down and you are left and right, then you live in Denver. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, and, and you're right. Those time frames all address the changes in the IRS tax code and the tax treatment of pension plans as they changed over the years. Yeah, it's a head scratcher. But fortunately, sounds to me like you've got it well under control and uh, and and the uh, document that you have has cleaned that up because if you had to try to figure out uh, those those different numbers for yourself, yeah, you you wouldn't have a prayer. It sounds like they've given you the right mm-hmm. intel that that you can do it properly. And finally, I changed it to yes just to see what the change would be in the income tax. You know what it would how it would handle differently, yeah. and it handled it the same way. <laughs> the same. Okay. <laughs> Good well, times. <laughs> I appreciate your call very much, sir. You stay well. And since we got about six times as much snow here as as Denver did, well, we'll we'll do the best we can over here as well. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. Eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Back to the phone. Yeah, that's the number Ed has called. Good morning, sir. Thank you for joining the show. How can we help you? Good morning, Gene and Melissa. How are you? Great. Thank you. I've got a question about passing on to my kids. Uh, My wife and I are in our mid-60s. We're comfortable. The kids are getting on in their 20s, and they're both on their own, independent, fending for themselves. And we're looking at ways, you know, eventually they're going to get a lot of what we have and the most effective way to do it. My idea, and I'm looking for a second opinion on this, is I don't want to give them money for silly reasons to have them buy a newer car, a nicer car, things like that. And I'm thinking, should we be looking at maybe setting up IRAs for them? Interesting. Roth IRAs in particular. Interesting. They're both working. I'm I'm guessing there's two. Yes. Yeah, and they're both working. Yes. So they qualify they can to support themselves. Okay, yes. so they qualify to uh, to make contributions. So that's a good start. I'm going to back you up though, and and um, my apologies to Alyssa. I'm jumping right in. Um, you are and your wife are very young to be giving away money. You have, uh, if you're following my happy, healthy hundred process, you've got 35 yes. years of future. And I would be, if, if you were sitting at table with me or with Alyssa, any of our advisors, one of our first um, exercises we would go through is uh, you're comfortable. Have you anticipated what some of your needs may be in the future? And would you not be serving your children better by hanging on to the money uh, so that you may maintain your financial independence for the entirety of your life. If we're giving away money and 20 years from now, we're um, unfortunately 
now we are out of money and we have to go back to our, our kids and go, we gave you some money. We really need it back. Uh, that's an unfortunate place to be. So I would strongly encourage you uh, with your wife, of course, uh, to, to review your numbers and be 100% certain that this is something that you are financially able to do. If you decide to do that, that you are, that that's in a good, uh, a good, a good place to be. IRAs are a great idea. I, I think we're good. I've looked over the numbers numerous times and we've, our needs are modest and even the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. we should be good. One of the, uh, and, if you if you decide to proceed with that plan, a Roth IRA is a, a contribution is a great gift to your children. Um, I, I would encourage you to find out if they're already making contributions of their own. Um, because they are. Uh, they have. They're maxing their four hundred ones at work. Neither of them uh, has set up a okay an IRA of their own yet. Okay, great. Because yeah, there would be a, that annual limit would apply to money that yes. was contributed from you or from them. So that's a yeah important thing to 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 know about. But um, okay, that's a yeah, nice idea. It is a. It's an excellent idea. It's also an excellent idea to involve uh, your children with these plans. Uh, and and I don't mean involved as in hey help me set this up, but but involved in the discussions. Perhaps if you have a financial advisor of your own, perhaps and introduce your your children to your financial advisor, so that they can not only understand what's happening, appreciate what's happening, but I'll bet they have questions of their own. Mm-hmm. If they're maxing their four hundred one k plans, then they've got some questions about how it's invested, how it should be invested. They. Are either of them married? No. So uh, in in the near future, perhaps, there will be questions about marriage and about home ownership. So in involving them now with this kind of a uh, important uh, financial uh, um, advancement, uh, maybe will open the door for them to seek their own advice and, and maybe help them along the way as well. My son's an accountant. He knows more than we do. Um, <clears throat> don't give them too much credit. Okay. <laughs> accountants <laughs> are not financial advisors. No, accountants, good accountants will tell you right up front, we are not financial advisors. So um, bless them. Um, is your is your son uh, local? Yes. Yeah, tell him to call us. <laughs> Whoever he's working for is not that good. <laughs> uh, he loves it. He's in this morning. Oh, yeah. God bless him. God bless him. Uh, I'm not kidding. Have him call us. So are you. So that's. Yeah, there, yeah you go. Right. there you go. Well, bless you. And uh, yeah, involve them. And it sounds like a good plan. And, uh, and and circle back to us and let us know how you make out. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take Thank care, you. guys. Thank God you. bless. Gene, I, I, he mentioned maxing their 401ks. And I just want to point out that I've found that a lot of times um, people confuse that with. They put in the maximum to get the maximum employer match. Yeah, he's not confused. He's a CPA. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to, to point it out because um, some people might be using that term incorrectly. And it's a For big For someone difference. who's 28 years old, what is the current maximum that they can put into a 401k? I think it's $23,000. The cheat sheet is right in front of you. 
So you're going to double check. Mm, if I can find it's it. It's on the left-hand side. It's up to the top. $23,000. Excellent. So $23,000 is the maximum they can put in. Um, in all likelihood, the maximum to get the match is much less than that. Yeah. It could be like 3%. Sure. So let's say, blessedly, this young man's making hundred grand. And he's putting three percent in three grand, and the company's putting three percent in three grand. Yippee! Yeah. No, the max is twenty three that he can put in. Right now, admittedly, the company's still going to only match three. Right. So he shouldn't put in any more. That's not true. No, of course <laughs> not. It's crazy. Right. Four hundred one ks have tremendous advantages. Tremendous yeah. advantages. All those contributions are deducted from your taxable income. Or they could choose. A Roth. Or a combo pack. Yep. Uh, let's say that, 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 let's say that Ed, being a great guy, wants to help his son by giving him an IRA. Mm-hmm. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, that indeed what we've discussed here is, is true and his son's actually only putting in 3000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Rather than setting up an IRA, Ed could give his son seven grand. His son could up his contributions mm-hmm. to his four hundred one k, and and have a, a a simpler, maybe more direct way of of mm-hmm. amplifying his IRA or mm-hmm. his his retirement funds. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just uh, I want to make sure people know that difference because oh, maxing so when you think it means you're putting in as much as you, to get the full employer match versus maxing out your contribution those are very different numbers. What percentage of people who tell you they are maxing their 401k are actually maxing their 401k? <laughs> I would say that maybe like half. <laughs> oh, then you're very lucky. I have been pleasantly surprised. As well, that I would be pleasantly surprised. Uh, in in my experience, a third. Wow. Okay. Two out of three, we're maxing. Really? What are you putting in? Well, as much as they will match. Yeah, that's not, not what that means. That's yeah. not what that means. Yeah. Gosh, it's just gorgeous out there. Yeah, we we opened the show by saying it was dark and the sky was a dark gray. It is now a bright blue and the sun is shining. So. I I I, th- I think it's because of Alyssa. You're welcome. You're I, welcome. I think she has brought sunshine <laughs> to to our world. Oh, to our world. Wow. I think everyone would I agree. I know, know Zach would agree. You shouldn't lie on the air. I think no. Zach would agree. He's, yeah, he would agree. He might be the only person. He's a smart husband. Tell you right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, got a question for you. Oh, please. Caller would didn't want to go on the air. Okay. Oh, too shy. Um, the company he works for, they just switched over to a payroll company. Hmm. The employees received their W-4 forms and they are not correct. What can they do to rectify the problem? Because they said some people, if they try to do it with those, owe a couple thousand dollars. Wow. So he kind of wants to know what can they do to uh, correct the situation. Yeah, you used the absolutely appropriate word. The word is correct. Those um, forms have to be corrected, and they have to be corrected by the payroll service. The payroll service has already filed those with the IRS. I wish I could tell you that um, 
once a form is filed, the IRS knows that the story is at an end. That's not true. We get corrected forms from 1099s, from W-4. Corrected forms, sadly, now are like the world. So The norm. Yeah. The norm. Yeah. Oh, that's a much better word. Thank you. <laughs> um, if in the absence of forcing, really putting the heat on the payroll service to correct them, the IRS is going to believe whatever the payroll service sent them. Mm. And if you go, well, that's not right. I'll just give them the right numbers. Yeah. In about six months, seven months, you'll get a letter right about the time that you've forgotten about it. And they're going to say, ah, we disagree. And you owe us a lot of money. And then you got to fight them then. So getting a, a corrected form is a really, really important thing to do. And you got to kind of go on the war path. You can't just say, uh, would you please? Well, well, if we get around to it, no, you, you got to get really steamed. Speaking of really steamed. <laughs> Great segue, Gene. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea where I'm going. I'm interested You're in really the, steamed uh, that the show is coming to an end. I'm, I'm that. That's a good one. <laughs> See, she thought I had nowhere to go with it. I'm thinking about getting a sauna. Oh yeah. That's I'm serious. In your house? In, in my house. Better than one of those ice bath things. I know someone. Oh, I know God. someone who has one of those, and he's been posting videos every day of himself, his children, and his friends getting in the cold water. It, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so for a woman who has Raynaud's. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's like torture for me to even it's, it's, see. It's looking at it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. We have. D, 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 yes. Yes. No, you're no, doing well, something no, totally I'm, different. Good, good. My apologies. We have covered a tremendous amount of ground. I want to thank the icebreaker call uh, because that started yeah. the second hour, ended up being we had some wonderful calls. I want to thank uh, our friends in Denver. I want to thank our friends in Arkansas. I want to thank iHeartMedia for allowing us to be coast to coast and border to border. I want to thank all of you who stick with us through all the silliness uh, on the, on their <laughs> on our way to really important information. You want to you want to say you're welcome for all the silliness that we provide on uh, the way to that, that could be as well. <laughs> if you would like a free second opinion opportunity, all you have to do is ask. Send me an email, gene at askmtm.com. Go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Or go old school. Give us a call, 610-746-7007. 610-746-7007. Thanks so much. God bless you all. We'll see you next week on More Than Money.